Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. You've got MJ from the Coaches Panel. We're hitting the teens of the 50 most relevant. Yesterday, we had a good friend, Lech Dog, talking about one of his boys, Zach Williams. Today... Fellow panellist Kane is back talking about a player that I know he's, he loves, but maybe he doesn't love as much as me. We'll find out soon. We're talking about Zach Merritt. Hello, Kane. How are you, man? Very well, mate. No, Zach Merritt's a guy that I think we had him, you know, as hyped as you could possibly be. I can remember Rids having him number one in a fresh keeper league a couple of years after ago. that monstrous 2016 season. And he, and he proved him right by doing another um, 117-point season. But since then, it hasn't quite been the same heights. Yeah, but it's still very, very good. Yeah, the part, probably the last twelve months he's gone back to those 2016, 2017 years where he's with that one ten plus guy. And even in the shortened quarters last year, we saw some absolute monster scores from the twenty five year old. It was a one thirty eight against a uh, pretty terrible Adelaide Crows back then in AFL fantasy. If you want to do the funky maths and do the adjusted score, that's like 170 territory. Like it, it is a big boy of a score. While his best ever super coach score came last year, as it was against the Sydney Swans. It was a 159. If you want to look back at his career best AFL fantasy score, maybe surprising that it's not as big as you think. Just the 152 back in 2016. But there is a bunch of 130s and 140s right throughout his career. In terms of his seasonal average, it's a 92.5 in AFL fantasy and dream team last year. If you want to play the adjusted average game that's up at 115 yeah not bad and speaking of 115 that's exactly what his average was last year in Supercoach a career high season of averages for him in Supercoach in that format he's going to set you back just over 620,000 in AFL Fantasy it's 884k well it's just a touch over 850,000 and Kane we've already alluded to it right off the top but pretty much if you've played fantasy footy at any time over the past five years You've either started, owned, or seriously considered upgrading to Zach Merritt across the formats. He's just been an incredibly durable, consistent, reliable performer for us since 2016. Yeah, absolutely spot on, MJ. And it's one of those things, because we got Zach Merritt in that third-year breakout season as a forward as well, he was a player in that year that really you had to have. Because not only was he delivering, you know, when you get above 115, MJ, you are in such a rare crop. It's crazy. And to have multiple, you know, especially if you convert that 92, to have three seasons above 115 and still to only be turning 26 this year, like those are numbers that, and we've seen it, it's so hard to back up a 110, let alone multiple of those. And he's just a guy that he's really versatile. We know we had, Mm. you know, 2018, he got a bit of a stink about him because he got, you know, knocked out in that first game against Adelaide played through mind you, but wasn't himself. And really from the post by onwards in round in 2018, he was back to his one 15, one 10 numbers. So again, last year, one Oh eight, Oh sorry, two was a 19. I should say now one Oh eight. We thought that was a poor year, but remember he was battling injury in the preseason copped a heavy DeBoer tag. And yet he still gets to a one Oh eight. Like we praise you know, Adam Trelaw is a guy that we say, you know, sort of gets to that mark. Yeah. And that's a really good year. Like yeah. we sort of viewed Zach Merritt's 2019 as a 108 as a bit of a downer. And that's just what he does. And it's because 
he has an ability to go big and to go big consistently. Like you said, his ceiling's not what we thought it might be. He hasn't had a big 170 game. It's not the Lockie Neal, Patrick Danger, no. Josh Dunkley, McRae. But it's it's runs though, isn't it, MJ? Like yeah. when he's cooking, when he's really on fire, like it's almost 140 week in, week out. Again, it's not, we haven't had the big 190 or that sort of career game yeah. that I think will still come. But again, you just look at a few stretches last year. Around 13, 14, 15, his lowest score was 106 DT in shortened games. Yeah. Like that's 130 at the bottom. And there's a 125 and a 122, which we know converted are comfortably over 150. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing about Zach is because he can get so much ball. And you look at his number last year, he averaged 26 touches in the reduced mm. minutes. Like even just giving that six more disposals, MJ, it's up at 32. You'd have, yeah. if you really want to convert it out, it's probably more like 33, which it, is insane. It's just nuts what this guy did. You look at his averages per game against all the other players in the AFL. Per game, he ranked second in the league for uncontested possession per game, second for effective disposal. So that's been a knock on him previously. He's really tidied that part of his game. Per game, ranked third in the league for inside 50s, fourth for disposals, and per game, seventh for meters gained. You, you alluded to some of those scores last year in DT and Fantasy. 92 was his average, adjusted up to 115. Seven tons. That's not adjusted. That's seven tons is what he actually delivered. Three of them over that 20, including that 138 you alluded to earlier, plus three additional scores over 80. So 10 of his 16 games were 100 plus scores. He ranked eighth in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team for total points. Again, a game down on everybody else. And he was ranked fourth for averages by all midfielders. But that's kind of a misleading stat because one of those people is Luke Dunstan. He played one game. All right, so let's drop that out. He's inside the top three. Then another one inside that is Lockie Hunter. He only played half the season. So drop him out for that too. So if you want to look at midfielders and averages of 10 games plus last year, only Lockie Neal had a higher average than him. In Supercoach, that 115 average, 11 tons, seven over 120. He just had two scores beneath 87 all year. He ranked seventh for all midfielders and 16th for total points scored. Again, remember, he played 16 games. And you mentioned about these runs, Kane. If you look at what he did at the start of the year to what he did to the end of the year, not, not by splits, not anything, just purely split eight games down the middle and see how he went. His first eight games of the year last year, 87.5 was his average in Dream Team and Fantasy. You want to play the average adjusted average game? Fine. That's a 109. You'll take that. Um, in Supercoach, the first eight games, an average of 106.6. Again, maybe a little under than what you want, but you'll take that. Then check out what he did in his last eight games. 101.1 is what he got in Dream Team and Fantasy. Adjusted, that's a 126. In Supercoach, that is a 124. For years upon years upon years, Kane, he's been delivering tons for us. This is his seasonal averages tw since 2016. In Supercoach, 111, 109, 100, 105, 115. And in Dream Team and Fantasy, 117, 117, 101, 108. And using the adjusted average of last year, a 115. The guy gets tons after tons after tons. And with so many question marks in our midfield, how can you not consider Zach Merritt? Well, MJ, I was just doing it, you know, just reminding myself of the numbers. And, you know, you look at that last year patch you just went through, the last five years, it's insane, you know, what the average is. And you see, you know, 22 games in 2016, 21 and 17, 22, 22, and then 16. You say, wow, he's only missed two games in five seasons. Yeah. 
And then the funny thing is, you look into those numbers and they're both getting suspended. None of them are actually injury. Nope. One was a gut punch to Lockie Plowman. And then one was the very dubious one last year against um, Silvani that a lot of people weren't sure if it was a week or not. So clearly it was, and he missed two games in that five-year period. Mm. But again, they're minor incidents at best. And it's nothing body-wise. Like we, no. we go on and on about how good Jack Crisp is because he's almost, well, he does have perfect durability and availability at Collingwood. Yeah. And this guy is right there. Like you've got a guy in a line that we know some absolute superstars, Taylor Adams, yeah. Nat Fife, Josh Kelly, Stephen Canelio, like genuine. And honestly, MJ, unfortunately, Tom Mitchell, we have to put into this category now, yeah. broken leg, battling a shoulder, battling injury again. Like you've got a guy there that on all the durability side, only yeah. probably Lockie Neal can really go with him yeah. in terms of missing games. Yeah. Then you throw in the ceiling that you talked about. Like, as you said, seven out of 16 games were a hundred DT unadjusted. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's always been a points per minute monster. Yeah. The thing I like about Merritt, and it really got me thinking when, you and Rainman chatted about McRae is inside, outside. That's the yeah. beautiful thing about Zach. If he gets taken out of the center bounce, it doesn't really bother him too much because as you can see last year, when he was a bit more on the outside, mm. the disposals go through the roof. Yes. The tackles dropped away sure. relative to previous years, but he keeps hunting the ball and yeah. his marks went up. Like yeah. that's the beautiful thing about Zach is like, he's not a big bodied player at all. He's on the smaller side, no doubt but he's such a good kick. He's one of the yeah. best kicks in the side. He's a very willing tackler to say the least. And boy, he runs all and day. And he's an absolute ball magnet. And exactly, MJ, he can run all day. Yeah. So yeah, that's I... what I think he's so bulletproof in that regard is that, you know, he's not the big hulking inside midfielder that has no. to be, I want to be at 80% of the CBAs, you know, big, big numbers. Like yeah. if you want him on the wing, half forward flank, half back, He'll get creative. And I promised you, he'll work hard to space. Yeah. Kick mark. And I think the thing that everyone who's owned him knows, he's a burst scorer. That's yeah. the thing. You think, oh my goodness, he's at, at 30 points at halftime. We're in trouble here. He'll be up and at, at 80, three quarter three time quarter at 75. Time. Exactly. Yeah. You need to be that guy if you want to average what he can average. And there's not many in that class. There's really not. Nah, he, he ticks everything that we need to see from a premium. Yeah, I still think Dream Team and AFL Fantasy is where he's got that slight advantage because I think in that format, you can consider in most rounds a captaincy or vice-captaincy option. In Supercoach, I, I feel like sometimes if the matchup's right, he's there, but I wouldn't be picking him in my starting squad in Supercoach going, he's one of my weekly captaincy considerations. Y you need a right fixture matchup to be able to make that call. But So he does lend himself just in terms of his scoring nature two more dream team and AFL fantasy scoring historically. But again, he's coming off a career 115 year in Supercoach. How much of that is waiting of the shortened quarters? Well, ultimately history over the first eight weeks of this year is going to prove to us, but he delivers for us. He has ceiling. He has durability. He scores in multiple columns for us. He's got everything that you could possibly need. And then that round 13 buy, while there are some decent midfield considerations to go there, uh, Lockie Neal, who you've alluded to earlier, Patrick Cripps uh, is probably the most value pick certainly rolling through there. And then you've got the pool dogs, the pool dogs, the plethora of bulldogs. That's the new uh, preseason phrase for you through there. Um, like of all those guys, 
I feel like I could create a, an argument for the least amount of questions on Zach Merritt. Now, he might not have the scoring capacity of Lockie Neal across the formats, but you could build a case that, well, Merritt's got growth in him still. Maybe not heaps, but he's got a little bit of growth potentially in him based on how he ended the year. Neal, well, there's no growth left in that. Like he's tapped out at max price. So, so I think, again, everything needs to be backed by an argument of this is why I'm picking that person. This is why I'm there. But if you're genuinely across formats, probably more dream team and fantasy at this stage, going, I just don't feel comfortable with anybody as a captaincy option most weeks in that format, go and pick Zach in Supercoach. If you think he can maintain what he did at the back end of last year over eight weeks, then he presents a small piece of value for you. So I think at some point in 2021, you're going to be considering Zach. The question is, is it in your starting squad or is it an upgrade target? Yeah, I think that's the main point, especially in DTMJ. He's always part of your plans. Like he just has yeah. to be start. Again, in Supercoach, I think you can get away with it just because I agree. every season he's played, his DT has been better than his Supercoach. So yep. really, obviously last year was his pretty much as close as it's been in terms it was almost point for point yeah typically though we're seeing anywhere between three and five point dip so if you think you know maybe he holds 115 you know maybe you're more paying for a 108 110 guy yeah i guess the skeptics of zach would say what does the new coach do yeah again it's one of those funny things that at the start everyone said that rutten was pretty much doing whatever he wanted yeah and then when the results weren't going well they said, you know, Warsfold's actually doing a bit more. And again, everyone knows that's just spin of, of course, if it was going well, we've got the next guy. If it's not, yeah. that guy's gone now. Now Rutten's going to really judge him on 2021 and not 2020. So totally. I'm not bothered about Zach's role. Again, Neither. Rutten was there. And as I said, what, you want to play him on halfback? You don't think he could be a Jake Lloyd if he <laughs> had to? Like, that's the type of player he is because he's one of their best kicks. Yeah, And he takes kicks that, are aggressive and yes sometimes that does hurt his super coach score if it goes the other way but if you're Essendon I think you have to play that positive brand of footy I agree and when you can still tackle as well like yeah. that's the thing he's not like Andrew Gaff who needs you know the game style to be going his way like he can win it on the inside and he's a more than willing tackler that's what makes him so that, that, that basement MJ so high like yeah. when does Zach four below 80 maybe twice a season at, and generally it's with worst. a concussion connected to it as well like he, he he's got ceiling he's got durability his floor's really high uh, look i think in dream team if you need an anchor through that midfield that you go look i think he's a top 10 guy for the year through the midfield go for it in afl fantasy if you feel like you need someone that you could put a captaincy option in with one or two he's a bit expensive there's no value really there but go for it and super coach i'm with you I think the narrative has got to be aim to get him at a cheaper price and hope that you can time that run. But where he goes in a drafts came before we wrap up this episode, that's what interests me. I've got him pegged as an M1 in Dream Team and Fantasy and an M2 in Supercoach. Is that about where you've got him as well? And where do you think he'll go in the rounds of draft day? I've definitely got him in that range. You can't have him out of M1. You just can't. Like he's so consistent above 110 that he's already in a select group there. And we're in a draft where yeah. we have to take durability into consideration. Like, even if you look at, you know, him versus Josh Kelly, yes, pound per pound, they're probably just as good scorers. But you can't take Josh Kelly over no. Zach Merritt, if you mind, not with that durability. No. So, again, if you're in the M1 range, for me, 
you again there's so many mids we've spoken about so many times i don't want to be a broken record but <laughs> mids are so even for mine yeah this year like i'm almost really keen to see what comes to me i think zach's in play for you anywhere around pick nine or ten in a dt draft yeah just because of the other positions taking priority with the gap the tears in those other lines are just yeah. monstrous for mine so again if you've got pick 10 and 11 and you're locking away Merritt McRae, you know, one of these type yeah. of combinations, um, like there'll be a lot of buzz about an Oliver again, was really good younger. Yep. yep. But again, I couldn't pick Oliver over Merritt, not yeah. with the numbers that Merritt can get to in DT. So I think for me, he's probably a very late one in DT. Um, you Second know, maybe pick, if he's not around, if he's got, if he's on the table at pick 15, 16, I'm counting myself Something. lucky. Yeah. Um, I can't see him getting past that. In super coach, there is a bit of a range because he could easily go 110 in DT and 100 in super coach. We've seen that. Yeah. So, so for me, I'm probably going to let him slide more. He's probably an M2 for me yeah, is okay. where I'm feeling comfortable. Maybe even the back half of that M2 slot, mm. um, which again is probably late four, but honestly, ideally probably five or six, yeah. just because again, it's hard to get a read on that season. Like, that's his real big season in a bit of a weird season. A weird so um, I think there's a few guys that are going to bounce back. You know, we've spoken about Crips, you know, Walsh. There's a few guys that I think are under him that can jump above. Whereas yeah. in DT, I really like, he's just so rock solid there. So I think late four, if he gets to around six in Supercoach, you know, just by the durability, MJ, you've got to have him right in your sights. Yeah, I think you're pretty much on the money with that one. Appreciate your thoughts today as we've talked about Zach Merritt. No worries, MJ. If you want to go back and read the article on him or any of the other players we've revealed so far in the 50 most relevant, the links for that are at coachespanel.tv. As are all the podcasts, you can get it via Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple iTunes. If you're loving them, make sure you're subscribed, follow, leave a five-star rating and review, and tell a friend that plays fantasy footy about the Coaches Panel because, my friends, we are getting close to the top 15 of the 50 most relevant players of 2021. All the formats are open. Go and play and get in involved with it and there is plenty of more stuff coming for you from the coaches panel in 2021.